Hi, this is your host Corbin. Welcome to your guide for Dave Green's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. I have reviewed the previous five theatrical films. If you haven't listened to those, those are linked down below. Go ahead and check out those reviews and guides as well. Before we get into the making of the film, allow me to take you back to 2016 to remember the top movies released that year. They were Moonlight, which would go on to win Best Picture, Hail Caesar, Doctor Strange, Civil War, Rogue One, Suicide Squad, Zootopia, Moana, Manchester by the Sea, and Fantastic Beasts. From that year, we have reviewed a lot. Too much to list here, but the five highest rated movies we have reviewed from that year are La La Land, Arrival, Rogue One, Patterson, and 10 Cloverfield Lane. All of those reviews can be found in the archives and linked down below. If you'd like to reminisce more about the films of 16, then head over to letterbox.com and make sure to follow me over there. At the 88th Academy Awards, Best Picture went to Spotlight. It should come as no surprise after the massive success, or should I say the surprising success, of the first installment that a sequel was immediately greenlit by Paramount and Nickelodeon Studios. They didn't waste any time putting this one into production, and with a lot of the cast and crew already under contract, it was easy to immediately begin on the sequel. Now it seems with every Turtle sequel they have to switch up some elements. For instance, Dave Green replaces Jonathan Liebsman as director. Dave Green had only done Earth to Echo, which came out the same year as the first Turtles film. He had worked in Hollywood, mostly behind the scenes. Jonathan Liebsman would go on to direct TV after leaving the first Turtles film. He would direct some episodes of the Shannara Chronicles and even some of the episodes of the new Halo TV series. There is also a new actor playing Shredder. The voice of Leonardo is now done by his mocap actor replacing Johnny Knoxville from the last film. The styling of the Turtles has actually changed somewhat. Apparently Paramount said let's reintroduce this as a very soft reboot of sorts since the last film did have a bit of a harder edge being PG-13 incorporating some humor and action violence not suitable for younger audiences. This one is definitely geared towards children, despite maintaining its PG-13 rating. The creators also wanted to up the ante for the sequel by introducing Casey Jones and the beloved 80s cartoon and video game characters Bebop and Rocksteady. One of the more surprising casting choices was to remove William Fichter's character Eric Sachs completely from the sequel. And there was even speculation he would be taking over the Shredder mantle in the next film. Clearly, that never happened. Also, Judith Hogue, who was the very original April O'Neil back in the 90s film, filmed a cameo for this movie, but it was cut weeks before it hit theaters. I talked about last week about how unhappy the actors were, at least the mocap actors were, behind the scenes for this movie, so clearly something had had to give. There was a lot they did end up changing for this film, but to the average moviegoer, they probably wouldn't realize it except that it definitely is more kid-friendly. It was reported by Variety.com that the sequel would be titled Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Half Shell. That is until Paramount officially revealed the title would be changed to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. Now as far as awards go, it did receive more Kids' Choice Awards, no surprise there since this is a Nickelodeon property, but it was nominated for a couple Razzies, the same ones once again, Worst Prequel, Remake, Ripoff, or Sequel, and Megan Fox also was nominated for Worst Actress again. Personally, I don't see it, but nevertheless, it was nominated, but she didn't win. 
This is also the first Turtles film to be released in June. All of them, except for the last, were released in March. The last one was released in August. This one was released in June, so a bit over six years ago at this point. And for those of you wondering or keeping track, yes, it was one year, nine months, and 26 days. Just a little over 22 months in between the time of the original and the sequel, so not, not a bad turnaround. Surprisingly, this is the longest installment in the franchise so far, clocking it at 112 minutes, just 11 minutes longer than last time, but a decent amount longer than any of the 90s or even the 2007 film. As far as a budget goes, it has a reported budget of $135 million. That is $10 million more than last time. The disappointing thing, though, while still it was number one opening weekend at the box office, it grossed $30 million less its opening weekend than the previous film. Believe it or not, I think many people will believe this, it dethroned X-Men Apocalypse from its opening spot, which was number one the week prior, and its second week it dropped to number two. And it beat it out by a fair margin. It beat it out by roughly $12 million. Me Before You came debuted at number three of Warner Brothers film. Alice Through the Looking Glass came in at number four. And The Angry Birds Movie at number five. I should also note this had the widest distribution. It played in the most number of theaters than any of the previous Turtle films. And by a decent margin. Its second week at the box office, it lost 59.3% of what it had grossed the week prior, only grossing $14.3 million, dropping all the way down to number four. This is what happens when you do release a film in June during those summer months. Whereas August is considered more of a limbo month and March is definitely kind of a limbo month as well. This saw the release of The Conjuring 2 coming in number one at the box office makes perfect sense. Warcraft, which I think is kind of an underrated movie. I think more people should check that one out. Came in number two at the box office and Now You See Me 2 number three. So those were a triple threat. The Turtles could not contend even though the Turtles were playing in more theaters than any of those three films. And the sad thing is these movies weren't big opening weekends. Now, Conjuring 2 actually had a bigger opening weekend than the Turtles film did, but nevertheless, still Warcraft 24.1, Now You See Me 2 22.3. These Turtles really sunk it in its second week at the box office. From there, it's almost not even worth reporting. Um, in its third week, it had lost nearly a thousand theaters, only grossed $5.2 million, number seven at the box office, and from there, it just continued to drop like a rock. Just for those of you who are curious, in its third week, it was Finding Dory that swamped everything with a massive $135 million. That Pixar movie crushed everything else. And the really funny Central Intelligence debuted at number two, which just pushed everything down a peg. Domestically, it would go on to gross $82 million. A definite disappointment, a huge step down from last time. It even actually grossed less than the very original film, not even adjusting for inflation. In the foreign markets, $163.5 million, still a major step down from last time, for a worldwide total of $245.6 million. So while this movie did gross a quarter of a billion dollars, the last film grossed $485 million, closer to half a billion. And we're not adjusting for inflation, but this still is technically the second highest grossing sequel. But if your budget is $135 and you only gross $245, you are 
maybe getting a profit of $100 million. Likely at the end of the day, they basically didn't make any money off of this movie. When you consider all the marketing costs and all of the other stuff that really goes into this, this, this was a box office disappointment to say the least. Now, audiences weren't necessarily disappointed with this movie. Theater goers straight out of the cinemas gave it an A-, which is a decent step up from the B+. Now, keep in mind, TMNT 2007 also holds an A-, but an A- isn't terrible. Now, you would think it was terrible, though, based on um, all the rest of the scores. Rotten Tomatoes audience is 46%, which is close to just being split down the middle, but a little less. Critics score 37%, step up from last time's awful 21%. This is sad, listeners. This should tell you something. This 37% is actually the second highest audience approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes across the entire theatrical franchise. A Metascore of 40, back up where the rest of the franchise resides, um, so that is much better than last time's 31. IMDb rating of 5.9, pretty much on par with the first film of this new series, and a letterbox rating of 2.4, which is kind of in the middle of the rest of these ratings. As you can see, it's not considered the worst, it's considered about on par with the rest of the franchise. Audiences out of the theater liked it, but overall, these scores I think are very disappointing. So the Hollywood Reporter does estimate the film lost Paramount Studios at least $75 million. I mean, it didn't even make them any money. It apparently lost them three quarters of $100 million, which is a really big deal and a major, major disappointment. Thank you listeners for coming along with me as I've been your guide to the production and impact of this film. Now that you have your guide to TMNT Out of the Shadows, make sure to subscribe to the podcast for my full review coming next Monday. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide. Whereas August was is um